This is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now enjoy today's message with Ted Cunningham. Today we're talking about showing our children God's love. We're not, we're not talking about telling our children God's love. We're showing our children God's love. And today we want to look at four ways that God shows his love to us. And then very practical ways mom and dad, that we can show this love to our children. And we we want to be homes that are practicing this. If you've been at any, for any length of time at our church, you know we have some core values around parenting. And it's, it's statements that have been made over the years. It comes to us from our family ministries from the front, from the teaching team, but we've kind of picked them up. And, and you can say amen to any of these you want to say amen to or not. If it fits you, say it. But the first one is this. Parenting ain't for wimps. There's a lot of strength required to be a parent. There's a lot of endurance required to be a parent. There's a lot of I'm tired, too bad moments that you have as a mom or a dad. And so it's not for women. So the other thing we let's say around here is I am not a perfect parent. I'm not. I, I know the perfect parent. And so my job as a dad is to point my children to the true and only source of life. And when I blow it, I remind them, hey, I am just uh, to be a reflection of the perfect one. But we know who he is. And my job as a parent is to continue to point my kids to their heavenly father. And... And sometimes we forget that we're, we're not perfect. And when we make mistakes, we feed our regrets. So that's the third one. Don't feed your regrets. Ask Jesus to redeem your remaining days. Especially to those of you in here who have adult children. And you now became part of a family church that talks about parents and the role of parents a lot. And there are times you'll sit there and go, oh, I wish I would have. Don't do that. Don't feed regrets. Redeem your remaining days with your children and with your grandchildren. Make the most of the time that you have. Because this we know too, I am the primary author of my child's heart. This church, everything going on in family ministries today, from Critter Street and Wildwoods, they, every person pouring into your child desires to be an echo of what we hope you're sharing at home. What you're talking about at home. That is the desire. This week, you know, something hit our town, and I was engaged with city leaders and business leaders, entertainers. They're like wanting, you know, to talk to me about it. And having all these conversations, it was a pretty serious conversation. And then I got home that night, and I had the conversation with Carson. And I just had this moment with my 17-year-old where I thought, this is the most important conversation of all the conversations I had today, to engage him in this moment. So you get your picture of God and God's love as we're talking about it today a lot from your parents. H. Norman Wright says this, one of the main reasons people hold false perceptions of God is our tendency to project onto God unloving characteristics of the people we look up to. We tend to believe God is going to treat us as others do. Our negative images of God are often rooted in our emotional hurts and destructive patterns of relating to people we carry with us from the past. And again, so this is Father's Day. And and, uh, my friend, he was here last year, Johnny W. He says, you know, Mother's Day, you step in on Mother's Day and it's like, 
you know, mothers, you are blessed. We love you. Here's a rose. We, we, aren't, we, we, aren't even, we aren't even worthy of your presence in this service today. We love you. We bow down. You know, all this. And then the Father's Day shows up. And how, what's that message? Man, you need to step up. It's time to show up. It's time to get serious. It's time, right? So we, it's kind of like, love, 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 mom. And then beat down dad. We don't want to beat down today. That's not our desire at all. But we do understand this. And it's interesting, when we talk, all the conversations going on in politics today, of we've got to fix this and got to fix that and fix this. I was thinking about it this week. You know how much of it is fixed by good dads? You know how much of it is fixed by dads that, that are going to practice a lot of what we talk about today? We don't, we don't I, I'm not going to get into gun control today. I know where I serve. But I thought, you know, I, I think that's what's missing even from that conversation. Fatherhood fatherhood the role of a dad in teaching his son and being with the son and here's i don't even know i'm not going to do that in any more of the services but i threw that out there i don't know gun control was nowhere in my notes <laughs> but 8:30, our earthly fathers me you dad who's here today shape a lot of what we believe about our heavenly father so just quickly and not to belabor this point but some of you maybe grew up in a home with a distant or uninvolved dad. And, and, even, and even if he was in the home, he just really didn't participate with you, didn't engage. Uh, he, he let mom do it all, from discipline to uh, getting you around to where you needed to go. But I'm grateful that I was raised in a home with a mom that said, wait until your father gets home. <laughs> yeah, dad loved to participate in that part. Some of you grew up with a dad who was present, fully present, fully engaged. Some of you grew up with a dad who was just weak, just didn't seem to have your back. And so maybe you got this vision of God that he's a weakling, that in your times of stress and in your times of trouble, God ain't going to be there for me. He's sovereign. He's over all. He's the creator and sustainer of it all. Why does he care for me? And when I'm having a problem, why is he coming to me? But some of you grew up with a dad who had your back and was protective. Some of you maybe grew up with a dad who was selfish. And all of his time and all of his money was for him. And it was about me time. And yeah, he went to work and he felt that was where his role and responsibility in the home stopped. But others of you, you you didn't have a dad who just provided for you financially, provided for you in a lot of ways and gave you time. I think this one connects with the top one. Some of you believe God is distant and angry because you had a harsh and angry father. And today we want to talk about what it means to be that patient dad. And as I look at this right-hand side today, I think sometimes we as as dads think about, okay, what what do we need to pour into our children? If you want to show your children God's love, be fully present. Be protective. And I'm not talking about being overprotective. I'm not talking about protecting our children from all hurt, loss, and pain. They're going to have to go through difficult things. We're going to see that today in the text. I I want to be a dad who provides, but not just provides, but is generous, as God is generous with me. And do you think this is why Paul said, don't provoke your children to wrath? Dad, we have to be patient. Let's talk about these a little bit today. God is present and he is not leaving you. Never will he leave you nor forsake you. 
We're going to look at a lot of scripture today, but the one I really want you to turn to is Psalm 107. And we're going to look at a, a large chunk of text from Psalm 107. As we see in this praise psalm, or wisdom psalm, uh, God's love beginning to be poured out to us. And here's what it says. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. That's where we start this morning. For those of you who thinks, you think that God's love comes and goes based on your behavior, based on the way you perform. And then there is a point, Ted, that I can get so out of bounds. I can be so bad that it's too little too late, that I'm too far gone. And, and, and people have told you that, right? Relationships in your life have ended because of your behavior. And so you begin to think in your mind, this must be how God deals with me. His love endures forever. And the scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. If you've experienced God's love, his never-ending love, as we've been singing about today, you must share it. Mom and dad, let, let your story be known in your home. As theologian George Strait once said, <laughs> Let me tell you a secret about a father's love. A secret that my daddy said was just between us. It's been, a, it's been a very emotional June. Uh, I'm not even going to finish this song. You see, daddies don't just love their children. Will you help me here? Y'all sitting there listening to me sing. You know the dang song. Sing it, Travis Spratt. You know it. Where was I in the middle of this dumb song? Dumbest song I've ever heard. Uh, what? Somebody sing it. Thank you. Okay, it's a love without... I, that's terrible. That was one of the worst I've ever tried to bring into a service. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right now. Let me tell you a secret about a father's love. A secret that my daddy said. You see, daddies don't just love their children every now and then. It's a love without end. Amen. Okay, we got through it. I think I can get through the rest. All right. For those who thinks it ends, for those who thinks God's love does run out, let the redeemed of this one here tell you. Romans 8, Paul says it, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is but one mediator between God and man, and it is the person of Jesus. And if you have placed faith alone in Christ alone, he is your father. You are a child of God. He's not leaving you. He's not abandoning you. He's not going to just step back and, and watch it all. He takes an active role in your life. Uh, my son is 17 now, but I just think of, we talk about this around here a lot, all the phases in his life. And, and this is, to me, sometimes we overthink it. But, you know, he had the Lego phase. It may be one of the longest phases of his life. One of my favorite phases. One of my most expensive phases. 
But if your child is in a Lego phase right now, feed that with everything you got. Because I, lo- I can think of all the places we've been where we sat there and built a Lego set together. Again, I, I I, did we talk? Yes. Did I share deep, profound things? Maybe. But just being there building Legos. Dad, don't for a second think that's not important. He then got into a pretty heavy weapons phase. <laughs> and, and, I mean, we started making our weapons out of duct tape. And, I mean, he, man, and he just got into it. And then he got into the airsoft phase. That's where his thing kind of, I don't know if you've been around airsoft. It's like, it's like real weapons, but with, with BBs that are plastic. And there's a place in Springfield. And I don't know if you can tell by looking at me, but I'm not built for close quarter combat, okay? I, I can just remember coming out of that place, you know, holding my, and just shaking like, man, are you okay, Carson? That was, that was intense. And people like, I, I mean, ew, it was freaky, freaky stage. I love his new phase, and I'm feeding this phase. We're spending a lot of time. He wants to go to NBA games, and some people pick their, you know, teams based on, you know, athletes and some on the, you know, the uniforms. I base mine solely on concessions. (laughs) And been to five NBA uh, stadiums in the last year, and by far the Dallas Mavericks have the best food of any stadium I've been to so far. Uh... But I just had the moment this week, and I've, I've, been, I've been in that sentimental, almost a numb, numbness lately. But uh, just thinking of how important it is that I'm becoming an empty nester here with him going into his senior year, of just how much, how much I enjoy being with him. And again, phases that he's picked and I've entered into. This last month, I looked at his tires. He was pulled into the driveway a little bit, and I saw they're getting pretty bald. And I went, Ugh. I said, Carson, we got to go get you new tires pretty quick, man. I said, how's the alignment? This is exactly what he said to me. I go, how's the alignment? He goes, the wheel shakes a little bit at 80. <laughs> Excuse me? Where? Where are you going 80 in Taney County, man? You want to show your kids God's love that he has for them? I mean, think of how simple we start today. Just be there. Legos, weapons, crafts. If, if Hobby Lobby had the craft, Corinne did it, zero to ten. I've walked the aisles of Hobby Lobby. I don't know how many times. We did it all. Dad, just the power of your presence. Be there. Show them that God is there. And involved. The next one, oh, do I love this one. God protects and guides. His love protects and guides. If you read in Psalm 107, 23 through 32, this is a lot of text, but I want us to walk through it because it's a, it's, it's a great maritime uh, illustration that, that gets us thinking about how we treat God, but then how his love comes through for us. No matter how we move toward him, Or move away from him. In verse 23 we read. Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord. His wonderful deeds in the deep. I love this. So we're talking about the sovereignty of God over all. 
For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. This is a good example for us and understanding for us that, you know, we cry out to God to save us in the storms. And we often forget he's in charge of the storms. He can send the storms. Goes on. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, these that went out, their courage melted away. The storm hits, the waves are high, their courage begins to fade. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wit's end. You know what it means to be at your wit's end? We've all done this. You're at your wit's end in life when your resources are exhausted. When you've used all your knowledge, you ain't got nothing more to throw at it. When you've used all your strength, you got nothing more to throw at it. It says, then they cried out to the Lord. Now, we can, we can read this and go, why do we wait until our wits end? Why, why do we want to involve the Lord when there's nowhere else to turn? And here's our minds. This is our, our minds of justice. We can think to ourselves, the person that waits until they're rock bottom to cry out to God, they don't deserve it. They should have cried out earlier. They should have trusted earlier. They should have depended on him earlier. Why wait until they've got nothing left? And look at what it says. To the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. That's God's love. Boy, as soon as I read it this week, I was thinking about the, the prodigal son. Ends up, right, he goes out. I'm on my own now. My knowledge, I got the money I need, the resources. But guess what? It all ran out. He ends up living and dining with swine. And he returns to the father. What does the father say? It's a beautiful picture of your heavenly father. What does he say? He puts his arm up and says, "Uh uh-uh, too little, too late. He didn't say that. He didn't put his arm up and say, "Uh, you know, you had your chance. You should have come to me before this. And now, oh, I'm convenient. I'm all you've got left. But that's our God. When he's all that we have left. He still saves us from our distress. The father didn't say this. What did the father say? This. And and don't, don't just walk. Run. Run to me. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm. And then he guided them to their desired haven. And when you experience God's love this way, it says what? Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Share it. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. God's love is protective. It's safe. Be that person. Another theologian, Conway Twitty, (laughs) when talking to his son who was scared and seeking refuge with his dad, said what? That's my job. That's what I do. Everything I do is because of you to keep you safe with me. That's my job, you see. God is there. He's not leaving. He protects. He guides. And as a dad, I get to display that every day to my children. The third one, God provides for your needs. Boy, Matthew 7, 9 through 10, we read, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? 
Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. Okay, if you then, and look at what Jesus says, though you are evil, I am not a perfect parent, and Jesus says it right here. You, mom and dad, are not perfect. You're evil. And you need to wake up every day reminding yourself of that as you go about your day parenting. Even in that state, you know how to give good gifts to your children. You know how to provide for your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He desires to provide for us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Provide for our needs. And we get to show this every day. I told you the last time I spoke, it was right before my daughter's wedding. And my strategy was to listen to a bunch of sad country music for the weeks leading up to it so the tears would all be gone before the ceremony. And... That strategy failed miserably. And the 30-minute ceremony is on tape, and every five seconds you hear... (laughs) 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 And this is walking my daughter down the aisle. And boy, walking her down, that's hard enough. My son asks, who gives this woman to be married to this man, her mother and I, and then I turn around and officiate the (laughs) ceremony. Corinne and Caden are here in this service. And I just had a moment this week where, and you can ask Amy, she finds me. I've watched the wedding video more than anybody sitting down here uh, right now. And she finds me just standing in Corinne's room. She finds me, I mean, you're like, I probably could write my own country song (laughs) right now. But I, I was just thinking about how important it is, Dad, not just to go to work, and provide, but to be that, that father who, who wants to give good gifts, who wants to provide for the family, and not just, this is my job, it's what I have to do. It's like, I desire to do this. And it really hit me, and I, I can brag on my son-in-law because I'm proud of him every bit as I'm proud of Corinne and Carson. He texted me uh, this week and said, hey, because, you know, they got back from their honeymoon, and you know what it's like to try to get your name changed and to get all your, all that stuff figured out and bills turned over and all of that. And he said, let me know what her, her cell phone bill is this month and what her car insurance is. I'd like to pay that. And I, and I just had this moment where I'm like, I'm not the provider anymore. <laughs> he has truly taken that over. I was at their apartment this week. Now... Corinne, I love you, and I'm not going to say anything, but I turned your lights off for 18, 19 years, like straight. I was at her apartment this week. I just had so many moments of that. I go down the stairs to their, their, their family room down there. And I had to get something. I grabbed it out of the closet. And she's the first one up the stairs. We're walking up the stairs. And I heard these words I've never heard in, in my whole life. <laughs> she turns around and she looks at the light switch. And she says to me, Dad, do you mind getting that? <laughs> you're, you're, you're turning off lights now? When did you, when did you start doing this? 
Because you know what? I planned this my whole life to when I go over to their house, I'm going to drop off whatever I need to drop off and then just run around the house to every light switch, flipping on everything I can. But we have a small window. We get to, we get to be present. We get to protect and guide our children while they're with us. We get to provide for them. And, and the day comes and it came for us this month where Corinne enters into the home of her husband and he now begins to provide. And this last one, God is patient and he is not mad at you. God is patient and he is not mad at you. I, I, I want you to hear this so clearly because there's some of you in here You don't have a full understanding of God's love for you. You don't experience the peace of God in your life. And no, we talked about this before as a church. There's a difference between peace with God and the peace of God. And Jesus, if you have placed faith alone in Christ alone, if you have turned from your sin and you are following after Jesus, you are a blood-bought, born-again believer in Christ Jesus, you have peace with God. You are not an enemy of God. You are no longer a child of darkness, of your father, the devil. You have peace with God. And when you don't experience the peace of God, you need to be reminded that you have peace with God and rest in that so you can begin to experience the peace of God. Because this is what propitiation means. Big theological term, but all it means is this. Christ satisfied God's wrath. He completely satisfied God's wrath. We read in Psalm 86, 15, But you, O Lord, are God, are merciful, are a God of mercy and grace. You're slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth. Today we need to be reminded, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He was pierced. For our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. We have peace with God. If you're a follower, he's not mad at you. He sent his son Jesus to die for you. And you can be at peace. His wounds, they heal us. Psalm 103, 11 through 12. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west... He has removed our transgressions from us. Romans 5, 8 through 9. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified, that's declared righteous by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? He loves you. Jesus died for you. You can have peace with God and experience the peace of God. Some of you today, you're thinking back on a dad who was detached, uninvolved, unloving, unkind. And and I want you to know, whatever your family tree is, because I know a day like today, Mother's Day, other, other days, bring up these moments where you're just thinking about your father. And maybe maybe through the Holy Spirit right now, you're you're learning more of who God is and getting a better understanding from the scripture of who God is. And yes, your earthly father is not perfect, but your heavenly father is. And you need to know this today. Through Jesus, you are invited 
to be a part of his family. God invites you to be a part of his family. Whatever your family tree, whatever the dysfunction is, and this is what I love about a church like ours, you get to turn it around for your family. If you come from a dysfunctional family, you get to turn it around. And you are invited to be a part of God's family. In Galatians 3.26, we read, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. We are his sons and daughters. And we're not perfect children. (laughs) But we have a perfect father. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the one who is not part of your family right now, that today would be the day of their salvation. I pray that they would turn at the end now of all that they've tried. They've come to the end of the path that they thought was the right way, but in the end it's led to destruction. And so they turn to you and you save them from their sins. That today they would cry out to you. They would come forward, meet with someone from our prayer team, find out what it means to be part of the family of God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you for the dads in the room. Thank you for the moms. Thank you for not the perfection that they sometimes and we all sometimes strive for, but the presence and the patience, the protection, the provision that we want to give our kids. Our desire is is to show them each day your love in new, creative, active ways, whatever phase or season or stage of life that they may be in. And we pray all of this in the authority of the name of Jesus. And everyone agreed and said, Amen. Amen.